Boujou, Tansegia. Hey, how are you? It's a smudge for your thoughts. With Kihesis. And Zosha. Almost forgot to press the button there. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are talking to Cade Jones. Yeah, so uh, it's a great conversation. He has a lot to say about community and culture and uh, what uh, what it means to him to be uh, Swampy Cree. And, you know, in today's episode, it's uh, I think it's super important to listen to the entire episode if uh, if you don't. I hope all of you are listening to the full episode, but Cade gives a a great perspective on a bunch of different topics that are super... Really grounded, grounding uh, and balancing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I I really hope that you uh, take what he has to say to heart and Mm -hmm. um, live the way that uh, he's talking about here. So, yeah. All right. Listen to it. Hey, it's me again. Real quick, I'm just gonna let you know we're gonna play one of Cade's songs instead of our intro. So, hope you enjoy and you should check more of his songs out. And yeah, bye. Okay, see ya. I don't understand, oh, we don't see problems. We're treating the game like the bottom of running shoes. What you robbing? Either you gonna shoot or they gonna stop you. Just what they taught you. Like, we're more than the things that they bought you. Brother, I watch you. Feelings are more than the costume. Too many people behind the idea. They hide them behind their costumes. Watch you. Watch out your friends, the places you've been and your thoughts, too. If I could have known all the things I do now, I would have reached for the top and do what a boss do. All of your shooters, they do this, they cross you. They like the things that I'm onto. I like to do what I want to. Brother, we on soon. This in the game, but you play it like you can roll the dice and move away. Going super saiyan, I'ma move away and you can duplicate it, saying you can. Take it, I don't need no rules, I just move to break them If it's rude and your mood is shaking I don't mean to intrude your space I don't do complacent, all your friends come around When you can make it if you wanna play You falling like dominoes, already meeting a lot of goals Making my way to the plane, like you oughta know This is not a joke, in the station I gotta go Music is life, bigger honorable This is for love, no and not for gold It just happened to be profitable Just imagine, if I drop a low decibel, road I would never go, impossible I make sure my heart is audible I make sure that peace is possible Take a piece about the optical, see the scene So these people, it ain't option order and shit They talk about, if you don't respect me Bitch, I'll be walking out I'm growing, I'm here and they talking now When all you was doing was talking I don't resent holding my pen. I know what I'm worth. No, I won't swerve. This is a gross spurt. If you wonder, it gon' work. I feel like the finish is closer. This is closure. I do it all over. I'm keeping it sober. But I like my weed and my whiskey, my tea, and my raps and my coaster. Oh, oh no, no. How does it feel when your boy come and bring you that real? Say power is higher. Legends of interviews Said I don't see goat I don't see dope I'm just like what's got it into you Said I don't see slim He just went ghost He used to stand for the bus He used to stand for the trust He used to stand for the people What happened like fuck All of my idols went away And couldn't innovate I wanna set it straight If I ever say that I'm stuck Just know that I let away All the pain that I renovate It's hard to be strong When they want and you crush Feeling of lust for the game I'm accustomed to change I run through my brain Hope that I never succumb to the pain As I drum in the 
sound in my veins My people are hungry to rumble the chains Matter of time to the coming of days Hope that you find a love that you say Open your mind, said open your mind Got no one to side with Ella who we could be vibing Silence, Casey matter to alive And Yahweh, Yahshua, keep us surviving Looking for peace on your island Honest to God who's your nana Use it for love and the honor This is the Akuna Matata All of the things that we got are More than a feeling of honor All of the pain we got I follow the screen for the dollars Making my dream is regardless Scream for the goddess Everyone seems to you try it Can't even think where we're Ivan Ivan, think about fly Can't even think about the iron Sirens, living life I'm going diving, thriving Got a little bit of an alignment Yeah, I'm waiting and I'm looking where the line went Peter Pilot, feel it tired I hear from my environment Minute of my time And I can make you feel this bottom I'm at the bottom But I'm working for the final me and my Tolerate the business Cause everything is true until it isn't But you follow in these shoes like a religion Tell me if I didn't have a photo kick Or written or a platform I could spit Would you really give a shit? That's all I got All right, Cade, so um, we'll just get started with uh, the first question we have, which is just to introduce yourself. Um, you know, what's your name, your where you're from, how you identify yourself, if you identify with a tribe or nation or just any way you identify yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so thank you guys for having me so much. Yeah, um, my name is Cade Jones, uh, and that would be my stage name. So that's my artistry name that I go by, and uh, my real name would be Caden. And uh, I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, here in Canada. Uh, I identify as Cree, Swampy Cree, on uh, Treaty 1 territory. And I've been making music um, and dabbling in uh, brand management as well for the last four years, and kind of seriously for the last two years. And um, here out in Winnipeg, we do a lot of uh, youth workshops with Graffiti Gallery. Um, we do different community community organization things where we, we bring music to different community events. We bring uh, you know dance workshops and stuff like that to to different community events. And so, been working with that company, Graffiti Gallery, for the last year, which has uh, really built my skills in in that area in terms of uh, community outreach and in terms of uh, being involved and seeing more of the community. Um, yeah, so I'm um, about 20, 20 years old, just turning 21 soon, and yeah, I've been doing music for four years and continue, plan to continue doing it for the next, uh, next long while. Nice. Um, cool. You're just, you're just getting started with your life and, you know, your music career. I'm sure it's going to go real well and real far, so um, congrats so much. to you so far. Um, so... I really liked, uh, I read a little bit about you, you know, in your bios uh, that are out there, and I did see that you are into a lot of community outreach, and um, so I just, uh, I think that's really important, you know, to be oriented in not just the entertainment atmosphere, you know, part of it, but using your platform to, and your, you know, the venue to bring in, you know, people and and uh, connect with the community more than just kind of being this person on stage and disconnected and, you know, so I really yeah. appreciate that. I like that. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I definitely find it, find it really important. Um, like all my idols and people that I looked up to in, uh, in the music industry just seem to be people who, who spoke towards, towards a better message. And I, I really mm -hmm. admired that, you know, if you look at artists, like, you know, and let's let's put an artist out there, Eminem, right? You know what I mean? 
a lot of his songs, right, were very vulgar. He had some vulgar, some vulgar songs, and uh, you know, just the perspective he was painting a lot of the time sometimes could be very vulgar and very, very intruding on other people's, you know, well-being. But at the same time, like um, with how he was able to express himself and you know, be be that beacon of just expression and being who he is, and you know, communicating what he's seen around him, he was able to help, you know you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people and, and, and kids and listeners and whatnot and in whatever little way that he was able to provide that support, you know, and for my support, just by him, you know, kind of doing that and, you know, not just going about money, not just rapping about, you know, being on the stage, mm-hmm. not just kind of doing those other things, by him bringing a true genuine story and his true genuine self, he, he had helped me with that. And so um, that was like my start into seeing that there's more to artistry there's a lot more to artistry and a lot more, you know, what you would call responsibility that comes with it when you have such an impact, like somebody like Eminem or like mm-hmm. somebody like, you know, doing these things in the world. And if you're not using that responsibility correctly, you know what I mean? You have such an influence that you realize that there's there's things out there that you're causing you might not mean to be causing, you know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. so it's best to put out that that healing energy as opposed to opposed to the other side of the, of the coin, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but that's where my my idols come from and that's that's kind of where I uh you know it is a lot a longer process obviously than that but where I've developed kind of focusing more on just the artistry and focusing on what the impact can be behind mm-hmm. the artistry yeah I like that I like that too so uh you've touched a little bit about uh, on this but what inspires <laughs> you to uh do what you do yeah absolutely so I mean, I guess we could just kind of sort of start like a little, little back, like how I started music. Um, I, uh, I've always, you know, I grew up on rock and roll. I grew up on uh, those sort of things because that's uh, what my parents were into and that's what the other older generation was into, right? So I grew up on a lot of different music. And uh, it wasn't until I think it, like I was about 12 years old that I found hip hop um, sort of on my own doing. But my, my father around that time had, had had an Eminem album and he had showed me that album. And uh, it was like a click right there. You know what I mean? I, I had mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed that album. And so from coming from rock, hearing Eminem, um, I heard that. and I was like, wow, that style and that, that, that music genre is something that's amazing. I just started diving into it myself, you know, like just became a huge fanboy of Eminem, uh, D12 and, you know, Dr. Dre, all these guys, and just started really going into that sort of stuff. And um, from there, you know, like I never really thought about doing music, writing it, nothing, just Here's my guys. I like listening to them. They have a perspective I like. I relate to it. And uh, it wasn't until grade 11 in high school that I'd struggled a little bit through the earlier periods of high school. But it wasn't until grade 11 that I had gotten to, uh, you know, a position where I'm starting to get a little more mature and starting to have a little more things. But I was communicating with my English teacher. And uh, at that time, he was very, very personable. So this English teacher was very personable. He he was willing to let students uh, work on the things that they want to work on mm-hmm. uh, and as well kind of bring their skills out as opposed to say, here's an essay, go research mm-hmm. this essay, write down what I want to see. No, it's he's going to judge that kind of, try as best he can to judge that based off of being in your shoes, right? Mm-hmm. What you created with your skills. And anyways, fast forward, I um, we were doing poetry one day in class and my poetry writing style was always rhyme scheming just for some reason subconsciously that's what I thought a poem was you have Mm -hmm. to rhyme it for it to be a poem and so I wrote these poems blah 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 
And I realized one day, you know, I take the poem home that I have and it was marked and all that, but I take it home and I realized if I read it a little bit faster, this becomes like, it sounds like a little bit of a rhyme. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm kind of freaked myself out a little bit. I'm like, this sounds a bit like a rhyme. Let's throw on a YouTube beat and let's <laughs> go a bit faster. <laughs> I threw on the YouTube beat, went a bit faster. I'm like, whoa, like, like if I change up a couple words here and there, this really sounds like a rap. Yeah. And so I was like blown away by that. And I actually just started, you know, doing it every single day. And so that was my first inspiration. My first big inspiration was, was finding out that within myself, I had a capability and ability that I had discovered and that I didn't know existed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know this potential existed and I saw that potential and that gave me such inspiration knowing, Hey, I have a skill, a tool that I, I can develop and I can use and I can go towards. So I spent like, you know, countless, countless days since then writing because I was like grade 11 um like three years ago now four years ago and since then I've been been like writing every day and all that sort of stuff so that was my first big inspiration second big inspiration like I had said um was while listening to all of these guys you know I'd grown up grown up kind of in a world and around that age um I started having a perspective on reality where I had had thought that reality had lied to me in a way. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so around that age, I had, I had had this perspective that, you know, the world was all good. Everything was good in the world. Everything was fine. Everything was, you know, happy. And by listening to these artists and by, by, by taking in their perspective, taking in their feelings, I was able to understand the world wasn't like that. And these artists were bringing in a lot of truth in these artists, you know, as painful as some of these things that they might have been expressing or saying or whatnot or vulgar, it was true. It was mm -hmm. real. And it was, and so I got so inspired by the fact that there, there was this realness that sure, like I got a little upset that there was this fakeness, but by, by mm -hmm. being able to view into this, these, these people, these artists, these, these human beings that are, are being so vulnerable within themselves and expressing themselves truthfully in a world that really, you know, isn't set up for them in a lot of ways, right? And, um, you know, the adversities they've overcome, you know, Eminem's adversities, Hobson's adversities, Dr. Dre's adversities, mm -hmm. and the things that they they got, went through on their story to be able to, to get to where they're at, you know, that was a huge inspiration. And, you know, seeing how passionate a lot of these artists were, seeing how passionate Eminem was and why he loved his music, like, you know, he did it for his daughter and he did it for, you know, his family and to get out of the situation and sorts of things. So I just another huge inspiration there was like, wow, these artists really helped me. I want to do that for other people. Like, you know, as a young 12 year old kid, by listening to these artists, I was helped so much. Like that was able to, you know, get my mind kind of down the track, down, you know, the track going left as opposed to I could have gone really far right. You know what I mean? And, and so I wanted to do that as I grew a little bit older. I wanted to to as well provide that for other 12-year-olds, for other, you know, 14-year-olds who are sitting there listening to this music, who feel a way, who blah, blah, blah. I wanted to be able to provide those same feelings, those same messages. And so huge inspiration there. Um, and absolutely, like, I mean, the third and final inspiration would just be touching on, uh, touching on um, exactly like kind of the adversities and story and stuff. You know, I growing up i've i've been through you know different things and seen seen different scenarios and uh stuff like that and a big inspiration for me is being able to provide an opportunity to for me not only 
to get out of that situation completely, but to help so many people as well get out of certain situations, get out of seeing certain things. And you know what I mean? And so a huge inspiration comes from me not only being able to overcome, you know, some of my adversities in my story, but as well being in a position to provide value, to provide some knowledge to other people who may be in a similar situation mm -hmm. as to what I as to what I went through. So those are those are definitely my my biggest inspirations for sure. Nice. I, I like that um because people like Eminem, Dr. Dre, um, Hobson, they're like you said, they're helping people to kind of like discover in themselves their tools and their um, creativity that they can, you know, use to get out of that, the, the adversity and, and expound on, on what makes them unique and like succeed in life. And I really, I think that's what you are doing. So that's really awesome that you, that's your inspirations, you know, cause like there are a lot of people that are inspired you know, and it's not bad, but <laughs> it's just different. Like people who are inspired more by like getting famous or getting, you know, money and all that stuff. And, but I like people like you who in their lyrics and their message are more than just, you know, hoes and cars <laughs> and stuff. So, you know, you have a lot more to substance. Say. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Those, those artists are, uh, not that it's, you know, wrong, but yeah, those artists have, I, I, whenever I listen to those artists, I mean, they, they speak to me more than, uh, like, uh, somebody who is, let's see, what, what's, uh, what's a good, what's well, a rapper, we <laughs> what's a, all those other rappers that are talking about money and getting money and doing all these drugs or doing, uh, all these different things. And then, but you listen to Hobson and you listen to, uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre, they, they have things that are, they're not necessarily are, happy go lucky, but they're real and they inspire you to be like genuine and yeah 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 um so would you consider yourself like a more of an underground type of rapper like uh hobson started more underground and so did yeah. eminem before they started blowing up would you yeah. would you consider yourself that they totally did yeah they absolutely did in terms of where i want to be as an artist mm -hmm. um i look towards um and, and, and this is in terms of you know the underground aspect right not not mm -hmm. in terms of full full living but i look more towards logic and j cole as okay. to where I want to okay. be, mm, that makes you know, sense. they, they've really gotten themselves to a position of such, such impact and such, you know, success, you know, logic is, is really protected around in his area, you know, Jake Cole's really protected in his area and still mm -hmm. able to genuinely uh, express themselves and genuinely be themselves. And, uh, but at a level that, that is, you know, it's, it's extraordinary and, and absolutely, you know, looks looks difficult you know like, someone oh, like yeah. logic just retired right like he just retired at 30 years old because <laughs> i wish i could how do much it was <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a good 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 role models because i know logic didn't he put out that song with the number to the suicide hotline and stuff like that so but they're you know major household names or some household I guess. <laughs> yeah but um yeah so and i don't know if they had their own record labels or anything but do you, don't you have Aren't you go producing your own music or with your yeah. own record label? Or so, I think I saw that. So we're developing right now a uh, with our team kind of a brand. We have nothing uh, that's uh, any legalities in stone right now yet, but we we are developing the idea to create our own record label and kind of where we're bringing all of our music from right now is from this brand and that's called okay. Pay Attention Records. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and that's like I think that's a huge 
part of um, keeping true to your message a lot of times in the music, what, what it seems like in the music industry is having your own record label where you don't have to um, be subject to all these, um, you know, brands telling you what kind of message you should be put, putting out, like contracts and stuff, you know, you, you're putting out what you want to put out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I think there's a huge importance in in ownership and yeah. in leadership, like within understanding, you know, your reins in the business. Because it's easy for an artist to say, "Hey, I'm not going to learn anything about the business. Let me get this manager. You handle mm -hmm. all my stuff. You do all this sort of stuff." I mean, you're going to get yourself in a position that's just so like I just feel like it's just understanding more. The more you understand about your own business, the more you understand about the reins, what's happening, you know, mm -hmm. what paths are doing what. You're just going to be in a position to have you know, more solitude, not only solitude, but more, more control. You're going to have, uh, you know, higher happiness because you're going to have, you're going to understand, you know, why things are the way they are and what route you really want to take. No one else is going to know, you know, what's best for you really in, in life. And so I think ownership of, you know, ownership of your masters, ownership of your music, ownership of understanding your legalities. And, you know, you don't always have to do everything yourself, but under, understanding, mm -hmm. you know, at least, at least kind of how the road goes and how everything goes is definitely one of the, I think the most valuable things an artist can do. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, now you said that you're, uh, you're muddy Cree and no swampy, swampy Cree. Sorry. Yeah. Two different things. <laughs> Two different. <laughs> Definitely keep the, yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyways, you said that you're, uh, you're swampy Cree. Uh, so how do you stay connected to your culture or if you do, if you do, yeah. Uh, or what does it mean to you be, what does it mean to you to be uh swampy Cree? Absolutely. That's a great question. And I apologize if my answer is, you know, a little bit uh, longer, but don't worry. No, we no, love, yeah. we love it. The, um, so yeah, wow. Culture, culture, um, and understanding my identity and under, yeah, taking, taking an understanding in my identity saved my life. Like, absolutely. It, it changed my life. It saved my life. So fast forward to before I had an understanding of my culture, my identity, right. And this is, so let me give a time frame kind of it wasn't until about grade 10 that I was introduced to a doorway into my culture right or introduced into into my culture and my identity and, and stuff like that in my history and so before that before that point there was a lot of moments where I was actually ashamed of being identified with certain aspects of my past or certain aspects of who I am you know what I mean mm -hmm. um like going to middle school and stuff like that, I would I would never really mention to people that I'm indigenous or, you know, my father's indigenous or this sort of things, right? It was not something I spoke about and it was something that I didn't really I was almost ashamed of it, right? Because in the way that the world would, would paint would paint that growing up, it's uh the the hidden prejudice, you know what I mean? The there's just little things, right? And the hidden the hidden prejudices and the hidden judgments and stuff and you know nobody in middle school is meaning to do that but they exist you know mm -hmm. what I mean and so I was ashamed I was ashamed to uh identify myself with being indigenous and uh, you know even through the grade nine year and stuff like that and uh so to give a bit of a background um my my father he lived in Winnipeg for a couple of years when I was younger but then he moved moved out to the paw and so I was living with my mother and my stepdad as well who's still a connection to my father but he, so my father is the, the indigenous one in my family. It's where I got my indigenous blood from. My stepdad 
might have a little bit of, of indigenous blood in him, but I would have gotten mine from, you know, my father. And, um, but anyways, yeah, we still would stay connected. I would visit him and whatnot. But uh, my father was adopted and he came through the colonial um, adoption system. And so him himself was never able to connect with his culture um, growing up, right? He was taken at a very, very young age and uh, given to an all white family out in Morris, Manitoba. And that's where he grew up. So he actually left, you know, Morris, Manitoba, I think at the age of 17, 18, um, at the time as a prejudice uh, feeling town to him and he didn't want to, didn't want to be there and he just wasn't, didn't have the, the, the aspects of his identity he needed to make the right choices. So he, he moved to Winnipeg and from there he actually, he had gotten himself involved in, in different, uh, different things that just aren't so good, you know, for personal well-being, right, you know what I mean? And so when you're in, in, in those situations, you make, you make decisions. Right. And, uh, so he had, uh, come to Winnipeg and moved to Winnipeg. And that's where, you know, a couple of years later he had met my mom and it wasn't until actually my dad was about 34, I believe 34 years old. Right. Um, that he had found a route into the culture. He had found a doorway into the culture. And uh, he went on um, what you would call a, a spirit quest or spirit walk, right? And that's within that's within his understanding that how he had mentioned that it what it was, right? And so basically, what he had done is he had walked from Winnipeg to Thunder Bay. He was gonna move to Thunder Bay for a bit, but he had walked basically hitchhiked, and along the way, he had come into contact with uh, individuals that, you know, basically the synchronicities lined up so well and uh, he had come into contact with individuals that offered him understandings, teachings, cultural things like that. And, you know, in a way it was very, uh, it was very different for him because he'd never been around our indigenous culture, indigenous thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he'd come in, he'd actually arrived at Thunder Bay and met uh, an elder and I can't remember her name, but it was a she and he had met an elder and she had said, one of the first things she said to him was, oh there you are we've been waiting for you wow. you know and and so that was so like that was so new to my dad to kind of have those understandings and you know obviously confusing like what you're waiting yeah. for me you know <laughs> what I mean <laughs> yeah. and um but while he was out there he was able to get um, some very very valuable teachings and some that he was able to teach me as well and um just certain certain aspects to towards the importance of culture and ceremony but so around that age he had found that identity to himself right fast forward a little bit he moved to um the paw went to the paw manitoba he moved to the paw okay. and so let's fast forward uh, or rewind a bit sorry right after that spear quest it was a couple oh. years later that he had found his uh, his birth family which is, you know, by, by all means amazing. And uh, yeah. they were living up in the Paw, Manitoba, very big family. And uh, so he went out there to visit, had to go visit the Paw, Manitoba and get connected with the family. Um, from there, you know, uh, another two years later, like he lived there for two years. I visited him a couple of times here and there. And uh, he ended up moving back to Winnipeg after he went through a divorce. Um, went through a divorce, I think it was like 20, 14 but he had moved back to Winnipeg and at this time um I was living with my stepdad and my mom you know we've been together for you know already like 14 years my stepdad and mom right and uh 
but he had needed a place to stay and a place to to get himself re reacquainted and re uh reestablished um you know we're coming back to winnipeg and so he can get himself back onto his feet and uh so we'd offered him a place to stay we have a be guest bedroom here and so you know obviously you know my mom and dad are way far beyond any sort of differences they had and as well as stepdad you know everyone here is very very human very very compassionate understanding you know directing towards what the right thing and healing thing is to do and uh so yeah we we had offered him that space to stay and 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 whatnot but within that time period he had brought over so many or at least the understandings that he had known while living here for you know, at the beginning of that period, he had, you know, brought over a lot of indigenous understandings, you know, the the smudge and what it means. And mm -hmm. um, I can't remember exactly quite how it happened, but we ended up getting connected with uh, Sweat Lodge and as well as Sundance. And uh, my stepdad ended up dancing and my stepdad ended up getting very involved in into, you know, the understandings and ceremonies and stuff. And so, you know, my, my father had carried that, you know, from Thunder Bay, those understandings and, you know, carried them to our family. And it was at that point, so many things shifted in my life now that I'm able to look back, you know yeah. what I mean? Now that I'm able to see and understand kind of what had happened, I'm able to see the difference into, into what might have happened, where I might have been, you know, what might be to these understandings now. And this culture, you know, really the time period that it came into my life and my identity and the time period it came into my life, I was at a point of a lot of anger. Um, you know, like I had said, a lot of my idols were people that uh, were as well mad at the world, right? So somebody like Eminem, I got really, I listened to him a lot. And so by feeding myself with the constant anger and with the constant just Eminem, right? Mm -hmm. That's the perspective I would relate to. And, and so I was mad at the world too. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Hey, he's mad at the world. I'm mad at the world. And so that culture had really come in, in my life at a time where, you know, I was ready to drop out of school and, um, you know what I mean? Like just, just really in a, in a mental yeah. place that I was losing track of who I was, my identity and my place, my place in the world and, and sort of, uh, yeah, the, the meaning. And, and so culture, culture itself absolutely saved my life and changed the trajectory of how I handle myself, how I handle, um, different understandings I have, different calmnesses I have now and and how how I'm able to use them as tools. And um, so, like you know, yeah, I definitely connect with the culture. And since then, continuing to look for so many ways to connect with the culture. Like now um, I am a drum carrier um, and my stepdad as well. He carries um, some different types of medicines. And so, you know, learning these things, um, they, come, they come with just such a great, a great deal of you know the word's not pleasure but a great deal of uh, honor you know you feel yeah. you feel really really honored to have a have these understandings and then as well let that have that be you know such a such a healing point such a such a tree such a such a strong point in your life you know what I mean and uh it provides me so much balance for sure that's what I was gonna say like I bet you it kind of balanced and like grounded you in in your culture <laughs> so absolutely that's, absolutely that's my identity yeah yeah and your in your identity exactly um that's really amazing um especially the like the synchronicity of all of the events that kind of led up to your dad and then you and your stepdad all kind of 
getting reacquainted with your identity. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was a beautiful time period in my life for sure. And I would, would not be here in the same, in the same, uh, presence. As, yeah. As I am yeah. Now yet. It kind of helped, it probably helps like, uh, realign your trajectory, like where you want to go and the message you want to put forth and stuff. So that's cool. Absolutely. Um, so we can move on to the next question. Um, so these next ones are also going to be kind of related to, you know, culture and, um, your identity. So this next one is like, how do you, how do you navigate through this colonized, you know, world that we're in this colonized society with your, you know, traditions or your custom or, you know, your culture in mind in order to succeed in your job or in your passion? like in your music making, mm. if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, and I know you just got reacquainted a, recently. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no worries. No worries. Um, I think a part of, I think I can touch a little bit on the tool aspect of culture. Mm -hmm. And before, before, before I had these tools, right? And so before I had these tools, like I'm, I've always been me, you know what I mean? I've mm -hmm. always been who I am. And you know what I mean? And so before I had these tools, it was really hard for me to navigate my heart and navigate mm -hmm. how I'm going to express myself, how I'm going to, you know, if I see something that's broken in the world, how can I apply healing to that? Mm -hmm. How can I make something better? How can I do anything? And before I had any tools, man, like I was in a very dark place in my mind. You know what I mean? Because I was unaware of how I could fix anything. And mm -hmm. in my mind, everything was against me. Mm -hmm. And everything was against us as humans, as people. You know what I mean? It was all set up against us. And before I had these understandings and tools of my culture, it was really difficult to navigate through that world. Once I got my tools and understandings and, you know, peek into the culture that word describes it best as a tool is I was able to then take in that understanding, convert it into, you know, like a tool that then can be used to navigate through this world, can yeah. be used to fix, heal, can be used to express properly, can be used to be guided properly, to have protection properly through your, even your own your own just confidence in your own, you know, ability. And, you know, since I've had, you know, these understandings, my faith has been so strong that it's really, really easy now in my own feelings, personal feelings to navigate through this world because of how strong I am on my faith and what I can accomplish and what I know human beings can do. And, mm -hmm. and so without these tools, it's very, very difficult to navigate through this world. And I notice it all the time. And I, you know, even myself back then, and I see other people lacking tools and finding themselves in struggling situations, situations that they don't know how they got there. They don't know why, or you know, sometimes not even their fault, and then just don't know how to get out. Mm -hmm. And these tools are provided and they're gifts, you know what I mean? Really to, mm -hmm. to be able to take a take a peek and a step in the right direction as to 
not only why things are like this. Yeah. So, so not only, you know, the fact that say somebody is, you know, a struggling addict or mm-hmm. whatever that case is be, not only understanding behind that, what caused it, mm-hmm. but as well, how we can be the best support for it. Because without those tools, those two tools right there, how can I be the support and what's behind it? Mm-hmm. Those two tools of understanding, if you lack those, your first instinct is to judge that person. Mm-hmm. And already you're disconnected as soon as you mm-hmm. judge that person and healing is non-existent. Yeah. And so with those tools, that's the focus is how can we be better, blah, blah, blah. And, and so my faith has been so strong by by gaining the this this culture that's backed by, you know, the ancestors, there's so many people out there, you know, mm-hmm. people like you uh, who call in like this and just, you know, the understandings that don't belong to a religion, but just understandings that belong to how human beings yeah. can relate to each other and how human beings can live amongst each other. And that eliminates and eradicates any of the fear from any colonial, yes. you know, overhaul or you know the biggest corporations the most money they could ever have whatever they want to do that eliminates and eradicates the fear because i know that we're together you know what i mean as people and that's that's powerful that is powerful like uh just when i get disconnected and i kind of get fearful of the future of you know where is this world going with all these big corporations, capitalism and colonialism that, you know, obviously I um, benefit from, but uh, I get really discouraged and, you know, disconnected and sad. And then I kind of, when I, whenever I am able to feel better, it's because of reminding myself like that we are all together in this, we can connect and reminding myself of the compassion, you know, why, you know, why we're struggling, like what's, uh, the root of like our human connection, you know, and like, um, yeah, I, I can't really explain it that well, but exact, like, you know, that's, that's how I'm able to find the strength to, and passion to do things that, you know, are meaningful to me and not just sit and sulk in sadness and disconnection. <laughs> yeah, absolutely agreed. Yeah. So you were, we're talking about some tools there, uh, that, your culture is a, um, the things that you've learned, uh, are tools, uh, in better in yourself and better in the world. Um, how, uh, or not how, what, could you give us a, a couple examples of, uh, some of those tools that, uh, other people, other non-indigenous people would not fully understand. Um, mm-hmm. you, you did talk about like, a, going to a sweat and going to the, uh, the Sundance, I, and I, I completely agree that those two, those two things are really powerful in uh, centering yourself and grounding yourself to uh, the people that are uh, around you and the world that is, uh, that is around you and uh, bringing you back, showing that, uh, yeah, our ancestors did this mm-hmm. uh, thousands of years ago, and I'm doing it. I'm continuing this culture. I'm continuing uh, doing this. And yeah. you said that uh, your stepdad... Um, uh, also participated in those there's those those ceremonies and it, he may not be completely indigenous but uh, you said that uh, he's doing that so uh, could you also touch on that it's uh, 
why it, it is okay for non-indigenous people to do this as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so starting with the tools that I've gained, the best way I can describe them is uh, emotional understandings and just thought processes mm. and how we can, like how we can, the tools really are how to manage our emotions, manage ourselves. And by doing that, things become more clear. Mm-hmm. Things, you know, things just become more clear. And that's the best way I can say it. You know, with the tool of compassion, if you lack the tool of compassion, there's a lot of things in life, scenarios, situations, things like that, that you lack an understanding on, that you lack an a depth on, you know what I mean? If we lack empathy, the tool of empathy and the thought process of empathy to remind ourselves all the time, this person, you know, if I was born in the same shoes as this person went through every single experience this person went through, I would act the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I might do the same thing if I went through every single thing this person went through. And so if that's not our, we lack that understanding. We lack a depth of life. Do you know what I mean? And things aren't so clear. That's just, that's a one level to very, just a wall in front of you. It's not mm-hmm. a depth. And um, so these tools really boil down to, to emotional, emotional balances, you know, like empathy, you know, controlling anger, controlling or understanding sadness, you know, sitting with sadness and emotional, these emotional things, you know, by healing ourselves and focusing on ourselves. You know, that old saying is that you can't heal others till you heal yourself. And that is just so true because we can't see it and mm-hmm. we won't be able to see it because we lack the tools and the understanding to be able to build that house that needs to be built. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we're given a screwdriver. We have screwdrivers. We got saws, but we don't have a hammer. You need that hammer to build that house. Mm-hmm. And um, so those those tools boil down to emotional understandings to me, in my perspective. And I, you know, I think other people would explain it different to me. Those are the most important tools that I've gotten through my culture. And um, yeah, touching on um, family, family side kind of history there. We, we started going to uh, Sundances um, and as well as sweat lodges. It was uh, at least six years ago already now. Five years ago, yeah. And um, I don't think I went the first year. My, it was just my stepdad and my dad who went who went the first year. Um, and I believe it was after that first year that my stepdad started to dance and decided to dance. And so he uh, he did his his commitment of uh, you know dancing and doing his four years. And uh, my stepdad is Celtic as well as can't remember can't remember but he's celtic and as well as something, something else mixed and uh so he's not, not not fully indigenous um and he as well was actually you know put through the adoption system um around the same same time as my dad and uh grew up in an all-white family and so a lot of 
my stepdad's full ancestry it still remains unknown to him and so he might actually have some indigenous blood in him mm. but if you were to say just glance glance at him you would think he's more celtic you know than anything and um so within my understandings touching on uh you know non-indigenous people taking a part in um taking a part in a ceremony or taking a part in taking a part in uh understandings what whatever it is gatherings and uh you know as long as i've been going to ceremonies to to anything involved in that way of life i've seen you know so many different colored faces so many different colored people and um you know the people i've met going to these things are such genuine open-hearted people and the elders i've spoken to and the people i've spoken to have always said you know, this is an open place, you know what I mean? This is, this is an open way of life an open understanding and open, anybody can come in, you know what I mean? Nobody is told to stay out. And I think there's different connotations that happen. I've, I've had, I've had some people tell me that, you know, like if you're, and this isn't based off of um, race, but this is based off of morality i think but i've had some people tell me that um certain people aren't allowed in ceremony physically because of you know their history or or their their current feelings at the moment some people like and it's nobody keeping them out you know but some people can't cross cross that line can't find their way to it can't you know what i mean even if they want to even if like it's in their mind i'm going to go to ceremony they just won't be able to find their way to it. Um, and I've even I've even witnessed somebody standing at the gate of our of our Sundance, and it's is it's not like the gate gate to to where everything is, but it's you know the drive-in gate. And I witnessed mm-hmm. somebody standing there, and you know I I told him like there's food and everything, and please come in and whatnot. And it just seemed like he was he was unable to come in. He was a younger gentleman, like 24, but you know it seemed like he had some. Uh, some underlying you know issues maybe addiction mm. or whatnot I don't want to judge but um I told him like yeah come in and he was just standing there kind of listening to the music and it seemed like he was unable to come any farther but mm. so that, I think that's based on you know your own spirit your own understandings and whatnot but um like you know I've met you know so many multi-different colored people you know giving their absolute all to the source you know what I mean giving everything up sacrificing themselves and showing all their love giving giving what they can their understandings and you know what i mean my bestest friends you know so interested in going to sweat lodges that are you know predominantly white and don't have any indigenous background nothing like that and our indigenous families are always so so welcoming to that if the intentions are true and it's usually pretty easy to understand and see whether or not the intentions are true and mm-hmm. you know whether or not somebody wants to genuinely be there to gain an understanding and uh, I have heard, you know, from other places and different things like that, that you know, there are some some groups that are a little less accustomed to letting in outsiders and, and people that aren't a part of an already kind of sort of established group, um, but not the ones I've been to and not the understandings that, that I have accustomed. And, you know, like indigenous culture, you know, you got to think like we're, there's so many tribes we're around before, before um, you know, pre-colonization and uh you know so many different languages so many different customs and ceremonies they change from you know 
the Manitoba to Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan to BC. So, it, but the ones that I've been to, it's, it's, it's very, very open. And, you know, the elders and the people I've talked to in the communities and, and whatnot, like everybody's there for, for the right reason. That's great. That's, uh, like something that, uh, a lot of people don't understand is that our culture is open to everybody. As long as you're doing it the right way, as long as you're being respectful about it, we're more than welcome to, uh, you're more than welcome to <laughs> join in and, uh, participate, especially at, uh, uh, all these different ceremonies, but don't just uh, come around and there, to well, just kids. ceremonies. I mean, come around all the time. Come uh, see what we're all about uh, uh, at all times of the the year, not just at ceremony, yeah. not just at uh, uh, celebration. But uh, uh, you were talking earlier about how uh, you gotta learn how to live with like depression and learn with the, or not depression, but uh, sadness, sadness and stuff. Yeah. I mean, come around whenever we're at those peaks at those parts of our lives as well. I mean, it's, it's important to, to understand somebody uh, not only whenever they're uh, doing religious things, uh, not only whenever they're celebrating, but also whenever they're at their lowest points, that's something that's super important to, to understand somebody uh, is to understand them fully in those different ways. Uh, and I, I'm, I really respect uh, that you uh, are open to talking about all this stuff and like sharing uh, what your what what you've been through and uh, what your family's been through. So I thank you, thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you. Oh no worries, you guys. It's, this is my first podcast I've been invited to, so you cool. guys, uh, I carry that honor to be on your show. Nice, <laughs> feels <nice>. good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's true though. Like, thank you so much for sharing because everyone has their own journey in life, and um, like getting like your reacquaintance with your culture and um, gaining like, and then your openness to share it and um, to explain like um, you're not like anyone's welcome to participate in these kinds of ceremonies and things. So it's not just for indigenous people but there are like you said there and you said there could be some tribes that might not want outsiders to come in and that's like understandable too so it's all different um so um i guess we're on to our last question um and we can always talk more too but this is our last question um just what you know final thoughts you have to leave our audience with uh whether it has to do with you know music or community or you know, culture or anything. Sorry, our dogs sure. are barking and yapping in the back of the room. No, no worries. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have uh, I don't have too much kind of too many final thoughts. Maybe, maybe with like um, maybe with like a nudge or something, I can can get my mind my mind going. Okay. Um, I guess like what maybe um. Let's let's go, go back uh, to or, your, your yeah. music and okay, yeah. Uh, let's go back to your music. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you uh, you initially talked about uh, uh, doing stuff with the uh, the community and um, uh, that's what I was going to bring yeah, up. Kinda. You, I I, I I would love for you to like talk more about uh, or uh, say how, how other people could get involved with their community whether that yeah, be with idea. music or with uh, their culture or, or whatever like uh, hobby what, they have yeah. what how do you uh, how do you get people to uh, help 
do what you do in that in that sense cool that's a great question so yeah um that's, that's definitely like like i said a huge focus at the beginning is community outreach finding a way to give back to the community and doing these things and like i'll be honest like i hate doing that like you know people say oh i love giving back to the community i love doing that i hate it because i shouldn't <laughs> have to be doing it yeah i like 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 i do not want to be going and you know donating and giving money and you know creating community events and sort of because people should have what they need people yeah. should be like it's it's not fun work to be going to provide this stuff you know and mm-hmm. do these things but anyways you know, Winnipeg has just been so amazing. You know, I've grown up in Winnipeg my whole life and I've, I've always had such a special connection to the city and I love the people. It's, it's a very cultured city and it's actually, you know, we're not too big and we're not mm-hmm. too small. And so like we have a very connected scene in so many ways. We have connected art scene and that art scene is connected to the film scene and our film scene is connected to the music scene. Cool. Music scene is connected to the dance scene. So it's like a lot of people know each other within these communities. And, nice. and so um we're we're just such a community oriented city and i learned that uh you know right away that we're a community oriented city and so sometimes i'll put out a call on my instagram you know i'll have a project idea or something like we just recently did uh community care packages okay and uh so we put together 325 care packages raised over 200 or $2900 and all of that came I started up that with $0 in my pocket, $0, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, we provided so many care packages, but what I had done is we did one back earlier in July and I came up with the idea. And then, you know, I just know, I know people in the community are so willing to help here in Winnipeg and are so willing to get involved that I put out a call and, you know, these people that would message me at, you know, I'd message some people, give a little email like, Hey, are you interested in being a part of this? And, and, you know, sure enough, before you know it, I had like a group of eight young volunteers, like, you know, we're all like 20 and 19 and stuff like that. And so I had a group of like eight volunteers, nine volunteers um, that were just ready. We started developing the plan as to what we're going to do. And then in, in July, we did one where we got over 308 packages. We just did one last month where we got over 300 packages. And all of that is because of the community, like off of zero dollars it's off of everybody coming together and you know all, all all that I did is I put together a little bit of plan I put together you know the thing but I've been so understanding of the fact that people want to help yeah. people like people out there want to help I've always wanted to help like when I was younger I wanted to go on mission trips and you know do these things but I never like I never did because I didn't have the money for it and I didn't know like where to help like, you didn't I have, like the opportunity kind of like it didn't yeah no, opp- no opportunity to help and so I, I put out this opportunity to help and right away, you know, just amazing people were ready to help. We had an outreach team, we had drivers, we had, you know what I mean? And people were ready and willing. And, um, you know, all I had to do was put the thought out there, you know, do a little bit of research. I applied for some granting, but I love doing that stuff. So like, mm-hmm. to me, it's not, it's not work. Like I didn't do any work. We, we, we got mm-hmm. together as a community and, um, you know, look how effortless it was what we created as that community and um you know I think everybody who was involved and sees it as well gets a little more inspired understanding that hey like you don't need 
any money to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, look how easy, you know, all eight of us did this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's eight of us. And none of us spent a dollar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you don't need money to make an impact. You don't need, you know, people, you don't need eyes to make an impact. You you really just need to to believe in it and, and, and do it. Like, like, seriously, just do it. Like the opportunities are out there and, and whatever you feel, feel like making an impact on, I guarantee you, if you just do do that little bit of uh, a push for yourself towards it, it's mm-hmm. going to become that much easier. And it's not as daunting as it might seem. And people are there willing to help. And people are there. So many people are there willing to help and, and willing to, to make a good vision come true. And so there's nothing to worry about, I think, at the beginning for anyone who wants to, to start up doing something good. Yeah. You need more of it. And uh, don't don't worry about it because the world needs more of it and you're doing a good thing either way. I love that. Yeah, it's kind of just like, uh, like you said, like you just, if you put that effort out there, like do a little bit of research and um, give an initial, you know, shout out to people or reach out to people and present that opportunity to others. Like you said, like there are people willing to, to do good. So that's a good thing to remember. Just sometimes it seems like, you know, like you have an idea maybe to help others or you have an idea that you want, like a project you want to do to help others. And you think maybe that's not, people won't be interested in that. Like no one's going to want to help me or it's going to be a lot of money or whatever. But it's really not, like you said, it's really not as daunting as it seems in your head. Like you just got to have that initial push to do it and then people will want to help if you have the right intentions, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially with the tool of social media, like you use Instagram and stuff so yeah so yeah um, another thing too another thing too sorry about that no, um, you're good. it's all good it's also just stay stay consistent with it you know like I mm, if you yeah. if you feel like you know no one's really believing in your vision at the beginning just stay consistent with it like I, I remember I did in high school I did a um, a charity show and it's my first one my first charity show right all proceeds going to um it was what was it at the time it was the Red Cross uh Syria refugee crisis mm. so we're giving all the things to that and anyways I had done this show and blah, blah, blah. I'd gotten some support from my principals and all that but like none of my peers had, mm. had given me the support I wanted barely anyone from the high school showed up like you know what I mean to that yeah. show there was like parents it was like parents you know what I mean yeah. like the principals friends and stuff like that <laughs> for a rap show and I was like okay but like anyways like I was pretty discouraged kind of at that time you know, because like, you know, people aren't believing in this, people aren't believing in my vision. Like why, why are people mm-hmm. going and, you know, celebrating this other guy who's rapping about, you know, bitches, hoes and whatnot. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm here trying to do something really genuine and, and real, and I'm not getting that support or that, you know, that fire. And it is, you know, to anybody who feels that way, like, I just want to remind you that it's not about that. And mm-hmm. to just to just keep pushing, you know, what I, I mean? And yeah, the right people, the right people will see what you're doing the impact will come and you know that was like four years ago and now you know now I feel I'm in a position to to finally be able to do some of these charity shows and these things with 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 the proper tools and with you know with the with the right amount of ease and the right amount of uh with the right amount of dedication towards it and whatnot and do it properly so like it comes you know and yeah. there's a lot more support now towards these things that I'm doing than there was back then um so just don't don't get discouraged to anybody who's yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah, like don't shy away from something you're passionate about. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, thanks. Very important. Um, just one last thing. Uh so 
how can people get in contact with you or like oh, find yeah. you on uh, social media? Yes. What is your hashtag sure. or your and uh, Spotify? Yeah, Spotify. All, all. What is your uh, handle? Cool. Yeah. So um, my handle on pretty well everything is just K Jones. Um, like on Twitter, I think it's just K not Jones, but it'll come up if you put K Jones <laughs> and. Um, yeah, you guys can, anybody who's listening, feel free to reach out to me, message me, um, do anything whatsoever on any social media platform. I'm there to talk. I'm there to uh, exchange. And uh, yeah, I'm coming out with uh, my debut. I was going to say. <laughs> that'll be coming out next month sometime. I don't Ooh. have a date yet for you guys, but uh, I just dropped my two debut singles. And uh, I'm really excited to finally be able to get out a, a debut project. So yes. stay tuned for that. Yeah, can you say the names? Because I know Chain, now I'm blanking. I can't remember the names of uh, Changes. Yeah. yeah can yeah. you say the names so people can look it up? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love, I love so them. Yeah, the two singles, Changed Up and Higher, and Changed that'll be up, off that of the EP, No Distractions, Please. Okay, okay cool. cool. Yeah, we've been listening to, so you have uh, three songs out on Spotify, and may, do you have more on YouTube and stuff, or...? Yeah, I have a couple more on YouTube. Um, the two that I have on YouTube are just like freestyles. Um, but once I get this project out, then, you know, I'll finally have some content out there that nice. people will be able to, yeah, listen to. Yeah, people check them out. Yeah, good definitely stuff. check them out. Very, very good music. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much. It was really great getting to know you. And um, I'm really, I just, whenever I leave conversations like this, I just feel more grounded and ha- like encouraged about the state of our world you know like talking to people that have a good message and want to put good things out there and are just down to earth i love it i love to getting to know you thank you so much thank you you guys too it was was a really big pleasure coming and joining in i really like what you guys are doing putting uh your platform to uh, amplify indigenous voices and yeah voices that are out there yeah yeah thank you so much yeah all right well Peace. It was nice. so nice meeting you. Yeah. Yeah, Stay in absolutely. touch. Have a great afternoon. Thank you, you so too. much. Too. Yeah. Yes, bye, yeah. Cade. See ya. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode uh, and learned a lot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. So go ahead and check out our website at www.asmudgeforyourthoughts.com. Uh, from there, you can find us and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, as well as uh, other links. And if you or anyone you know would think you'd be a good fit for our podcast, um, you can fill out our simple form that is found on our website as well. Um, or, or you could email us at contact at a smudgefairthoughts.com. Uh, we'd also like to thank Mary Kay for designing our logo uh, and shout out to 8th Generation for this wonderful blanket as our backdrop. Uh, They did not provide this to us. We just really like what they stand for. They are inspired natives, not uh, native native inspired. inspired. Yes. And we'd also like to thank Okimaki Hugh, the late Roddy Sunchild Sr., for the words in our song, our intro song. Uh, He gave me these words to live by when I was just a young lad, uh, and I thank him for that. All right, with that, Giga Wabamin. All right, see you later.